The British Grand Prix gives us another unlikely podium. It proves to us that Lewis and Mercedes are so good that they could win on just three wheels. And it shows us that we must always watch till the end. Let's jump to start. Hello guys, welcome in. This is the post-British Grand Prix race review episode. I'm here with two of my closest friends, as always. Yancy, hello. Hi. <laughs> Ruben, hey. What's going on, guys? Uh, so we're actually recording immediately after the race. Uh, but before even getting into the race, of course, we recorded Wednesday night, then Thursday. All heck breaks loose. The dam broke. Yes. In terms of news, Ruben, lead us into it. What the heck happened at at Racing Point? Uh, Racing Point became Mad Madhouse. Paris had to go home, you know, (laughs) for a couple of days (laughs) and caught the Rona. (laughs) No, no, seriously, uh, Paris, I believe Paris' mom got into an accident, so he had to go home to see her. And that, I guess, throughout that process, he... You know, caught the virus because when he came back from the short trip, he tested positive for COVID nineteen and had to pull out of the race, and that's when everything became a scramble. Yeah, because they yeah. started fighting it within itself to see what the hell to do because they have no time. You know, the drivers that had available, which is uh, Van Dorn, Formula E, uh, Gutierrez, probably Mexico. Oh, he didn't and have he, his super license. And he doesn't have a super license. Yeah. So the one that was available was the Hulk himself. The Hulk himself sitting at home. Well, first of all, let's wish uh, Sergio Perez uh, speedy a speedy recovery. recovery. Oh, him and his mom. Yeah, and his mom as well. Right. So first um, it was he tested inconclusive. And then they tested him again, and it turned out that he had the coronavirus. Yes. Well, that's what happens normally when, when you get tested in any kind of testing. Anyways, inconclusive, we test it again. Well, which, which uh, is a testament to how good the, the I guess, the bubble that uh, F1 is in right now, their, 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 their bubbles and their protocols are working in order for this not to be a widespread issue if anybody else catches it. Man, to be traveling to different countries, you know, planes and all the other stuff, mm-hmm. they're doing an incredible job. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, obviously they're following strict protocol within themselves in F1. But, dude, we were just like in, in a different country a couple of, you know, a couple of days ago. The trailers, which, there was everything. Like, remember, everything's trailer in. Yeah. So this passing to the street. I just got to imagine the process when you get to a track, let's say, for example, what do they do to the trailers? Are they hosing them down with like a sanitizing? Who knows? So they're doing this extensive stuff that if we could imagine it, they're doing it. That's my opinion on it. Like right now, the precautions that's being taken. Or even things that we wouldn't even think about, to be honest with you. If you could, if the thought process passes your mind, more than likely it's being done or being protected, so it will not happen. So, for them to be going through multiple countries so quick and only Paris? Yeah. Because he probably left the vicinity because he had to go, you know, unfortunately he had to go back home. Well, he had family too yeah. visiting because it's his mom. Exactly. So, and only, you know, so far we've only gotten one driver. No, we're not doing bad. I thought, you know, because of... Well, consider that in the in Major League Baseball, they've yes. already had to cancel multiple games due to issues with the Marlins and, and other teams that have had a number of positive tests. So I just I just kind of want to lay out the time frame, right? By the way, I'm sorry to interrupt you. This is baseball. They're only traveling 
within the U.S. Yeah. That's what I mean. F1 is traveling through countries. I was the same continent, but yeah. through countries. Yeah, and I feel F1 is taking more precautions in baseball. Way more. Just, to be honest with you. Go, no, go ahead. What were you saying? Sorry. No, so what was it? It was 3 p.m. where Racing Point called Hulkenberg. He was on his flight. He made it out to the factory from his house in Monaco to the factory in right actually like right across the street from Silverstone to do the seat fitting from there he got tested in the morning for his own you know the, the precaution you know tested for uh, covid and he was able to pass it literally right before practice started so that he could get into into the seat i, I forget what the local time is 9 a.m over there for them to be able to start free yeah. practice one i think it was like 15 minutes before yeah it was it, a logistical nightmare to to accomplish all of that, and like Ruben was just saying, to follow all the precautions necessary. It's just, it's unbelievable that they were able to get it done. Yeah, and if anybody wants to read about that story, it's a good article on motorsport.com that we can link in the in the show notes. Um, that'll explain to you exactly all of the precautions and everything that uh, Nico Hulkenberg had to go through in order for him to even get in that race seat for practice. So. By the way, he was getting ready to go to the numbering to do some competition stuff. Yeah, he's and gonna race a GT car. Yeah, and he and he got the phone call for this. Yeah, you want to go back to F one or go to the numbering? Oh, you he ain't gonna say no. <laughs> <laughs> so then you know there we'll talk about the race weekend itself, but it like like we just talked about it, it was unbelievable uh, as far as news breaking Thursday for him to be able to get out there Friday. It was just uh, an incredible feat. Uh, the only other piece of news coming into this weekend is we know Lewis Hamilton to be much more of an activist now than he's ever been in his his career with the uh, the whole Black Lives Matter thing. Uh, he and Grosjean, who turns out to be the union representative or the the top union guy among the drivers, they had a uh, a conversation and they came to some sort of understanding as to why. Hamilton felt that Grosjean was not respecting, I guess, the activism enough and, you know, et cetera. Uh, is there anything else to really comment there? No, I just want to clarify when you say union, it's pretty much the Drivers Association yeah. or the Drivers Syndicate. The GDPA, which is the Grand Prix Driver Association. Association. Yeah, you know, yeah. probably some parts of the world they call it, they'll probably call it like association or a syndicate, you know. Here in the U.S., we call it, most of the times we call that the union. What I, what I like about the situation is that at least Hamilton is willing to have these uncomfortable conversations and the drivers are willing to have those conversations with him. Um, and just reading up on it, it seems like, um, and, and looking at Roman Grosjean's comments, yes, uh, it seems like he was put in a tough position because obviously he's the, he's the rep for the drivers. So he has to listen to both sides and he has to represent basically both sides or, or the opposite side. Um, it came out as if he was very insensitive, which was, uh, just watching the sport for so many years, it doesn't seem like Roman Grosjean is not an insensitive guy <laughs> as far as when it comes to issues like this. But we never know. Yeah. Um, but it, it, he seems very, uh, very genuine. And he had a very good conversation with Lewis. And it shows that Lewis is also willing to have these conversations where he's not making anybody else uncomfortable, but just pointing out the facts. And just having the conversation because that's what we have to learn. And I think they both came out learning something new. But um, uh, Grosjean's uh, explanation sounds 
plausible where he does have he's in a tough situation because he does have to represent both sides of the equation and i i think we're in agreement that um that other drivers support the movement but they also can't be forced to take an action that they don't feel that right. they I wouldn't, do, so. wouldn't want to be forced to do anything. But at least, at the very least, we can take solace in the fact that the conversations are being had and the conversation is being moved forward where um, the, the point of ending racism, not just being anti, but just ending racism, is moving forward and people are having a different look at it and a different perspective where we can actually get to a point where we can start down the road to to stopping discrimination. Yeah, I think the point with the with them having the conversation clear a lot of stuff as well when it came to the way that it was being perceived, you know, as, as, as it was being brought out to us out here. Mm-hmm. So them talking at the level that it came out now after their talk, it kind of also brought it down very much notches compared to what I was being fed at the beginning. To yeah, us. it seemed like it was very tense. Exactly at the beginning, yeah. But this is why you have the conversation, of course. Yeah, and you that's why it, you don't you don't um you don't plant your foot down and stick to your one side because that's when the tensions start building up. Exactly. You talk to each other, and we figure this out together. We can't do it all alone. I like it. You know so. Um, hats off to Roman Grosjean and hats off to Lewis Hamilton for keeping his foot on the gas. Yes, sir. You know, and keeping this no conversation intended, going. Right? <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, let's move on to the British GP race review. Gentlemen, a short view back to the past. <laughs> <laughs> Still my favorite drop. Uh, let's go back to front, bottom to top. Uh, just the, just reviewing the teams on their race weekend. Kind of like the same format that we had before. Uh, we'll start with bottom of the bottom, which in this case is Alfa Romeo. Kimi finished in 17th and Antonio Giovinazzi in 14th. That car is it's a, a dog. dog. It's, it's a dog. It's not it's good aerodynamically. It's not good. Obviously, the come engine's on. down. A dog is fast. It's not a dog. It's something <laughs> that's right. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nah, man, that car is it's nowhere, to be honest with you. And the and, and the engines, the engine doesn't help. Ferrari obviously has their problems with their engine this year, and it is horrible. It's what well, what do we say is like almost down a hundred horsepower? horsepower. Yeah, total, total, which is amazing to me how you can <laughs> fall from grace that fast. But it's not helping any of the Ferrari customer teams, and there's really not much to talk about there. Man. No, the only thing of note that happened with during the race, Kimi's front wing ended up. I don't even know how it broke. They didn't. They didn't really show it on the. The TV director. Uh, it looks like it. he just bounced and it, it hit yeah, off the he, ground and it just broke. I think he, he was, or it might have been that he had previous damage and that just dislodged it. So yeah, like, but there was like, no real clear explanation. Where it really happened was like pretty much right by by that curb where uh, Kefia went out. Okay. It was around there. It was around those turns. Well, but, the wind was picking up. It was uh, around there. Was it seemed like when Kefia crashed, the wind took him out. So I mean. Yeah. Either way, yeah. Kimi finished last of all the drivers that finished, and Giovinazzi. It's Giovinazzi. Yeah. It's <laughs> not really much to talk it about. It is what it is. All right, Ruben's favorite team, Williams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Russell finished twelfth. Latifi fifteenth. He actually did not spin during the race, so 
Congratulations. Congratulations to him. The Streak first session that uh, he did not spin. He's trying to be a four-time world All champion season. like Sebastian Vettel <laughs> this season. So Saturdays, George Russell continues to survive Q3, um, makes it into Q2. But, you know, from there, nothing to really write home about today. Their legendary updates that they were going to bring to this race didn't really materialize into anything. Seems like it only works in qualifying. Yeah, I... Yeah, pretty much that's what they always they keep saying over and over. They're saying they have a good car in qualifying, but not a good car to race. Yeah. They can't follow. They can't do a lot of stuff with that car. And, and well, at the very when you're least, you're in the bag. You gotta follow. Yeah. <laughs> at the very least, it's showing how good Russell is, and and we can be excited maybe when he does get a good seat that he'll be up there racing with the with the young Listen, guns. Williams so. needs to start hiring somebody from Racing Point, some of the photographers. <laughs> <laughs> and bring them over, copy that car, so we could get some pace on that car. We need, we need Williams back to the front. Yeah, so, <laughs> keep dreaming, right? <laughs> I don't know if I could say that Williams's car is getting better. No, it's not. It's more of Alfa Romeo, Haas. Well, oh, it's definitely better than last year. Well, yeah, but everybody else is also much worse. So it's eh. so they improve while Haas and Alfa went backwards and. It's making them shine. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's not much of an improvement, but it's still better. We just have to hold out hope for 2022 with them. If Hopefully they can make it there, and then hopefully they well, are. It seems like that's the case for most of the teams on the grid. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's not looking good. And then Silverstone again next week. I, I don't see them doing much better. Next team up, Haas. They, um... Like, so um, we're going to disagree here. But all right. So K-Mag uh, did not finish because of a collision with Albon. Uh, I think it was lap two. Lap one. <laughs> lap one. So K-Mag was ahead and Albon kind of slipped in on the inside uh, of, I believe it was the last turn going into the into that uh, start finish straight. My belief is that K-Mag should have left Albon enough room because if I'm ahead, uh, it, I understand that if I'm ahead, you know, the person behind me can't crash and Albon did end up getting a penalty, but I need to protect my race. I don't care about, you know, squeezing this guy to the point where I get hit. I need to protect my race and my result. But that's why he got the penalty. No, he was. Uh, when he's, when that's why Albon that, got the penalty. Well, I think I feel both of them have to protect the race. It's lap one, guys. Come on. Where was Albon going to go? Into the gravel? Just give us some time. You have a much faster car than this guy. But who are you saying that that whose fault it is? Is I'm saying that it's K-Mag's fault for not leaving more room on the inside. No, he he was ahead of him by half a car length. I I understand your point. He was ahead of him by half a car length. There was no room to make an overtake there. There's no point in. There's no even. You're having a bad weekend already. Yes, and and then you know I'm a. I defend album. I think I I rate him. And you obviously do not <laughs> I, I like him. I don't have. It's not that I don't like him. It's I don't view him too favorably right now. So you don't like him. <laughs> he has <laughs> issues with the car, but we'll he does have later. issues with the car. But you're already having a bad weekend. You were finishing out of the top ten and qualifying where you should be at least in that top ten. He got too desperate. He basically showed his age. He got desperate. He went in for an overtake that just was not there. And K Mag has every right to take that racing line tight into that corner 
And he, like I said, he was a half a car length, if not even more ahead. He, why would you expect the car to to be even there? You know, there's no point. I don't know. Listen to me, K-Mag going further out, staying on the outside. It gives you. It's not the racing line, but you will carry more speed than what Albon carried into that straight. You would stay ahead. No, not necessarily. You're in a in a car that that. That doesn't have a good engine. So if you let somebody get into into the inside lane and get a better exit off that turn, you're definitely not gonna have enough power to defend them. So Albon, so Albon is gonna is going is going to is gonna overtake him. And Haas is just uh, what Haas is doing, which you gotta commend what they're doing. They're making very extreme strategy calls because that's the only way they're, gonna get, they're gonna get any good results. Just what they did with Grosjean today. Listen, on the on the album with K-Mac thing, I believe it was obviously inexperience from, from Albon because we're in lab one, dude. Chill out. Yeah. You want to get a bunch of passes. I understand it because you want to... And he still managed to get a lot of passes. It's very similar to the crash between Vettel and, and Leclerc in, in the second race. Was the second race? Second race, yeah. Yeah, where, you, exactly. where, where, he was, where he just went in for a gap that just wasn't there, but, and it's the first lap. But as a racer, if you see a gap and you don't take it, you're no longer racing. You're just being... Ayrton said a quote, yes. Yeah, but you got to be smarter than that. You can't be reckless, man. That's okay. where... Well, that's, that's my point. Who was out of the race at that point? It wasn't It wasn't Albon. But uh, Magnuson, I don't feel Magnuson was being reckless. I blame both of them. K-Mag has a reputation for that's being aggressive. I know, but K-Mag has a reputation for being aggressive. Anyways, Albon have to think about the whole spectrum there too. You go. Like, hey, you know, let me chill out. It's lap one. Probably, if he would have not gone for that for that gap, probably in the main straight he would have passed him. Who knows? I don't know. Because he has Albon would have passed him eventually. He has a faster but car. K Mag is not an easy guy to pass. He's right. not going to give it right. to you. You so got to you, take. You got to take it when you can. So K Mag is not an easy guy in to a pass. train like we saw later on. But it, the car is so slow. It's such a big difference between those two cars. Man. Hey, look at Grojo. And it's not a. Tra- we're not in Hungary. We're not in Monaco. We're in Silverstone where you can overtake. Well, the race didn't show that today. Okay. Not an exciting race. But speaking of Grosjean and taking risks, during there was. A safety car to get K-Mag off of the track because his tire came off. On lap one. <laughs> on lap one. Then there was another safety car that happened later on in the race. Not not much later on, but Kvyat lost control of his car. Daniel Kvyat lost control of his car and ended up going into the wall and like exploding the car. That During, was crazy. That, that was an absolutely ridiculous crash. But I think the wind caught him out, man. We'll get into that. Everybody ended up crashing. Or, I'm sorry. Everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Demolition Derby. Everybody ended up pitting in that safety car, except for Romain Grosjean. Because he did not pit, his track position went from wherever he was up to fifth. And it was interesting to see and entertaining to see how he was fighting in in the top 10 four points as long as he could because remember he's on now on older mediums that everybody's on their new set of tires trying to get past them and they really couldn't they couldn't do it so signs end up passing him first knocking him down to six and then you see for a lot of laps ricardo is just biding his time and waiting essentially for the tires to fall off before really making a move then you see Grosjean fall behind Stroll and it just becomes a chain reaction to the point where he has to pit 
And that ends up putting him all the way back to, to the rear of the race. And he ends up finishing 16th. It just goes to show you what Haas has basically fallen back on is making these extreme strategy calls, which to their credit, they did in, was it in Hungary? Yes. Pitting um, right before. Pitting right before. And they got a decent result. They got some points. They, they know that they have a bad car. They know yeah. that it's not fast. Not through corners, not in the straight, and they're extremely down on power. They're making, uh, they they and K Mag even admitted they have to make these the risks. These you have to take these risky strategy calls. I think what they were doing was that they left Roman Grosjean out to get track position, and then maybe hoping for maybe like another safety car where they can pit him quick and change the tires and still and still be there. Obviously, that gamble didn't work, but that's the only way they were going to get a good result. Um, either way, if they didn't take that risk, they were still going to finish where they finished today. But at least you give yourself a chance because you're definitely not going to do it based off of merit. Right. Say another safety car happens, yeah. then you could just pit. You get a cheap pit. Exactly. And you and, and you get on a better tire, and yeah. then you can go. I think I that think. that's what they were hoping for. It's you know, it's a prayer. It's a Hail Mary. But listen, it's better than not taking the listen, chance. Listen, as bad as that car is, this year that's the only way they're going to get some sort of position or, or get closer to try to get to the points yeah taking those risky decisions or risky strategies that in hungary it worked for them you yeah, know absolutely but they have to continue doing that because they have the, the car is not a dog the car's like an elephant <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look for like a, a slow animal <laughs> snails there you go there you go <laughs> my only concern is does gene haas want to stick around he will you think so? Yeah, I think this so. team is just not doing it. I think he'll stick around and see how 2022 plays out. Um, they have gotten progressively worse, unfortunately. Um, last year it wasn't the engine. Last year it was they just couldn't understand how to the warm tires. up the tires. Yeah. Um, but they were on the up and up for two years in a row, man. Uh, they haven't been here that long, but again, it, you know, when you own a racing team, you're not going to make a lot of money, especially if you're not winning. Um, I got a blank. So we'll see how he how that pans out. I have a a blank in years. How long did it take Red Bull to get his first the first the first not win but the first um podium? Not the first podium. The first you know the third the first title win. When, you know when when better one got his first. Dude, I don't. Remember. I don't know. It took him more than like, ten years. Exactly. So, dude, not everybody's Braun. That was the only you know, yeah, team but that they came had in a and they solid, got the first. I mean, Braun saying, was but, Honda before. I know, but what I'm saying is. Haas you know, when a, you start a team... Haas was an entirely new team, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe it was. Yeah, so I So mean, it takes time. I mean, it the fact to, that even in 2017, they were able to finish up. In 2018, they thought they had a good car. They just couldn't understand the tires. Um, I think if they get... We'll see. But, uh, but I, I think that those these smaller teams are relying on the rule changes and the, and the parity and the, the, the cop cost, the cap cost to... To get better. To get better and to bring in the field closer. Because obviously the way this is panning out, this is not survivable for any team financially. Listen, when they sign Paris, they will sign Paris eventually. <laughs> <laughs> and Paris brings, you know, brings, brings the sponsors money. and brings the money. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a big change for them. I believe that's what they're missing. And K-Mag that is, and that is yes, the... But who will you get rid of? Grosjean. 
Yeah, for sure. Poor Grosjean, Grosjean, I think, knows no, he's on his way out anyways. Money. You need K-Mag, yeah. and, and if they can get Paris to bring their money, and you, you take advantage. And, That's the and it's, move to make and to it's the Paris. target market for Haas uh, with his machinery, with his machinery business in the Americas. Because that, that, honestly, the, the Grand Prix being canceled in all of the Americas, including Brazil, Latin America, Mexico, Latin hurts America, them. hurts them more because that's where his the bulk of his business is made here in this side of the world. So, yes. so just to loop back, Red Bull's first entry was 2005 Australian Grand Prix. Their first constructors was in 2010. So uh, five years. I, don't, I don't think Haas so is going to be in that years? area. But, but, yeah. but, but they were Jordan. There was a new Concord that. agreement between there. So yeah. It's hard to really like judge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gotcha. Speaking of Red Bull, their sister team, Alpha Tauri. So we already talked about Daniel Kvyat had a major crash uh, during the race early on. He got caught up by the wind by a lot of like a lot of drivers so. did. I think he was going into that car. The wind there was probably a wind gust. That's what it looked like because he oversteered. He 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 understeered. But it's, it looked when he got out of the car like he was blaming himself. Yeah, I mean, you like he was really pissed off. Yeah, but I mean, because you have some control of where the car is going, but at the same time, what it looked like was what the car went out from his back went out from under him, the back of the car. It seemed like, and 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 that was an issue for most of the weekend where the 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 teams were reporting about wind gusts because it was very windy. And obviously, when you take these cars. Um, and, you know, imagine yourself, let's say you're driving in a road car and you feel this huge gust of wind. You feel the car shaking yeah. a little bit. Imagine these cars who are very sensitive to the wind when you're driving at 180, 190 miles an hour going through a corner, uh, which That's is probably a regular the, day, by the way. Yeah. Well, good for you. Buddy. <laughs> good for you. Uh, daredevil. Um, uh, you know, you were driving these cars at 180 miles an hour through a corner, which we know that there's not a crazy amount of break, uh, heavy braking zones in, at the Silverstone. When you're driving that fast, if you don't take that turn right and you get a gust of wind, he understeered, basically meaning that the car went out, the back went out from under him and he literally just flew into the right. wall. So let's not forget that Q2, qualifying to Lewis Hamilton also. Also did that as also well. Also did that, not to the same degree, mm-hmm. uh, but he ended up spinning out and causing a red flag for the qualifying session. The third qualifying well, session. Well, Taking a, a point from uh, from our good friend, you know, Spinderella Latifi, <laughs> maybe Kafir got on the power too soon. Is Latifi taking the crown from Vettel? From Vettel, hell right yeah, now, man. yeah. Look, with wow. the streak that he had going on, that in every session, whether a race, practice, or qualify, he'll spin. I think this is the Come competition on. that we got we to, the, the way this season's going. <laughs> he, he definitely won the dance off. <laughs> I think the, the Spinderella championship is more interesting than I the think, driver's championship. I think Kefia got on the power too quick, or too soon out of the turn, and that's why he, why he lost the car mainly. And the wind probably didn't help and all yeah, that other stuff. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm not, I'm not totally blaming it on the wind. I'm just saying that it's a I, fact. Well, I'm, I'm saying that because of his reaction. I, yesterday, Lando Norris was also saying kind of the same thing, that he felt he was overdriving to compensate for the wind that ends up costing you tenths on mm-hmm. laps mm-hmm. versus like if you're going and your whole race, it's, it's going fine. You know, it, the, the wind is unpredictable, so you can't drive based on a fear of the wind. And that's something that Lando Norris said yesterday that he ended up having to correct on his own. If you don't have a confidence in the car where you put the input and the input meaning the steering. If you don't have that confidence that where you put that car, where you're steering that car is going to get you the result that you want, 
then you're going to be a little bit hesitant to turn in that car, especially when you have a win. So. That's being a part of being comfortable in the car. Yeah. So let's give you that. Somebody who I think is really driving the crap out of his car all year, uh, but's going on to the radar is Pierre Gasly. He qualified 11th. He's doing really well in the car, essentially. Mm-hmm. He ends up finishing 7th. He kept a low profile during the whole race. At the end, he ends up taking, he, he overtook Sebastian Vettel and Lance Stroll to finish in the points in 7th place. Amazing drive, by He's Amazing drive, and I... Finished ahead of Albon. Uh, Super yeah, amazing. Uh, amazing drive, and uh, I wish we would have seen that last year when he was in that Red Bull. Um, he he is showing to be a very good driver. Maybe he just got moved up too quick. Um, and you know when you get into Red Bull, especially when you're going up against Max Verstappen, and even just the Red Bull program, dude, you're on the fire quick. Bro. Yeah, you're in the hot cooker. seat super Listen, quick. Since Gasly, let's let's put it a little harsh. Since Gasly got demoted, mm-hmm. he's been doing very good. In, now, in this year, he's showing like he's really settling in his seat because now he doesn't have all this pressure that being on the top team or being on the mother team brought to him. Look at what's happening to Albon. Yeah. Everything that's happening to Albon, I believe, is because of pressure. He needs to perform to the top. They're not letting him drive. Yo, why are you blowing today? Oh, what do you mean? Oh, I commit for four. No, dude, if you're not going to get for four, don't say that. You're like, you know, I believe driving at Red Bull and seeing Max... Dude, Max was by himself in the front. Well, yeah, that, mm-hmm. you know, that's so, the other problem. And seeing, seeing your competitor, that's where Gasly, I believe, failed. All that pressure did not let you develop to the driver you're, you're, being, you're being homegrown to be. And it just messes over your head, messes mm-hmm. with your, you know, with everything. And in life, I mean, when you're, when you're lucky enough, not lucky enough, but when you can get to the point where you have some level of success, doesn't matter the area. The road to success also includes failures. And I think last year, that's what happened with Gasly. He had his failure, but he did get an experience of what it is to be on a top team. Now he knows what it is. He knows what he needs. And now he's just training himself to be ready when he's getting get called up. I think eventually he will get called up. I think he's that talented and he's showing his talent. Let's just see. I mean, obviously, when you're on the top, you got to deal with pressure. and You got to deal with people coming after you. Um, he just has to show that he can handle that. Just maybe it's it's a thing for Red Bull. I I we'll get to it, but Alex Albon is has been complaining about his car, and they even admitted Red Bull, the team admitted that his car is not balanced the way it should be. Maybe it's it's just an issue where they pour so much energy into Max's car. And I think we started seeing that when Daniel Ricciardo was still there too. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there were some issues where Max would get the upgrades that Danny Rick would not get. Granted, that would be that was going to be their future number one driver. But then also comparing, trying to compare, even though it's supposed to be a very similar car, Gasly or Albon to Max Verstappen, it's probably just not the right thing to do. Yeah, but you know, at the end of the day, you as a driver, because yes, you drive for the team. But if you want to get anywhere, if you want to keep moving up, you got to put in your part and you got to put in the laps, regardless of what they give you. You know, a good driver gets what they get and and they drive the heck out of the car. And you can see that with Max because obviously that car is not that good. And yeah, maybe Max might be getting better updates, but he's still getting second places. It doesn't matter how big the upgrades are. You're still not supposed to be that far back. True. You know, and I think Alpine did a, a fairly decent job considering all the stuff that happened to him during the race. But either way, 
you still should be closer to max. I agree. The stuff you know, that so during the race. at some time, at some point, you gotta stop making excuses for yourself, and you gotta drive the drive the you know drive the drive the hell out of that car and get yourself a better result. You gotta you gotta make it within yourself to get closer to your teammate. You know, nobody's expecting him to beat Max because Max is a once in a lifetime talent. But you gotta get closer, and you gotta stop making excuses, and you can't be saying, "Oh, my engineer put me in the wrong place," etc. You no, stop that. Drive the hell out of that car, man. Listen, when I first started playing the F, yeah, when I first started playing the F1 game, if you're doing bad, they tell you right away in the game you need to be this much time from your teammate. And this is a game. And this is a game. <laughs> so imagine in real life what they're telling yeah, you. Exactly. But I'm glad. We'll I'm glad that. we we agree that something happened to Alex that uh, <laughs> that it wasn't that Alex happened to something else. I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so. Racing point. And I say it very slowly because that's how they were this week. Oh my god, man. Dude. Completely. We all predicted a Mercedes one two with Perez or a racing point in third. Coming into it, coming into the race this morning, Hulk could not even start. Hulkenberg could not even start due to a power unit issue that disqualified him for the race from the race meaning couldn't couldn't go straight to get the car started yeah stroll on the other hand was he showed why don't we, be nice yeah he, uh, he's trying to word it out <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, he showed why we don't view him in a light that is any kind of favorable he was in good equipment great equipment so he sucks he sucks he Listen, th- this next couple of days, I will be doing my, I would be digging in to what happened to Racing Point. And I hope I find that there was a problem with the car. That's the only thing that's going to get his stock price on, on me, you know, with Straw a little bit up. But if there's nothing wrong with that car, what the hell is wrong with you, my man? And this is a guy we're, they're thinking about keeping. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's a dad. He's, he's dad he's on dad the team, team, I know. Yeah. So, listen. He, we were talking about Grosjean leading a train from fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, where Carlos Sainz passed him. Eventually, Daniel Ricciardo passed him. But then, you know, Stroll passes him. Obviously, the tires were gone. But Stroll, in a much better car than Daniel Ricciardo, could, just could not get past him. And this is the second time this year we see it. We saw that in Austria. I believe it was the second time. It's the second fastest that, car on the grid. Yeah. Yes. Where he had to... Stroll had to dive bomb Ricardo. He didn't even pass him. He just dive bombed him. To be able to pass. Yeah. To be able to get a pass. His racecraft is horrible. He's not a good racer. He it, it seem, he looks like an amateur. He seem, he looks like he belongs in F2 instead of F1. <laughs> He's not good, man. He's and and you know, at first you want to give him the benefit of the doubt because yes, he has one in the lower categories. Not in F2, but he won in F2. He was not, he was, you he know, should go to F2. You want to give him, the, but now you're in a good car. You're batting at the at the top or even at the top of the midfield, and you can't even get that car. You barely got the car into the points and a track that's supposed to suit you better than it did in Hungary. Yes. So you're trying to tell me that you're going to do better on a slower track than on a faster track when you have a Mercedes engine and you have a car that's modeled after last year's Mercedes, which blew out the field. 
Are that you, is blowing the field still today. And it, and, well, I'm just talking about last year's no, no, car. No, last year's car is still blowing everybody today. Why are Why are you even sniffing in the in intent? And I, I'm surprised he even made it into the points because he was running out of the he points most of the, the trades. Well, he stayed in the points, right? But come on, man, you're in the second fastest car by far in a track that suits your car. You know, and then the fact, and then, and, then, and you got to blame the team too because at least they didn't they didn't even get the other car on on track. That's what I'm saying. That they didn't even give yourself a chance. In the next couple of days, I'll be digging to see if there was actually something wrong, you know, to the team itself. Because obviously, they couldn't get one car to start. Maybe this one, they'll put, they put like, you know, it wasn't the, the to, to, you know, start off the spray. When they, when it's when it's but cold that, outside, you put that in the, <laughs> maybe they did that to this that's car why to start. Need, that's why they need this, an experienced was, driver, man. And I don't even know, you know, I we'll see how, how Checo comes back and maybe he can put in some better races. But he hasn't had any good races either. This Is season. Checo going to come back? Yeah, he will yeah, eventually. No, no, nah, nah, he will. He'll eventually not but, for next race, but the, yeah. the race. Yeah, after. but he'll come back eventually. But he hasn't put in any good performances either. You're in a good car. You gotta be. You gotta. You gotta give, get the results in. There's no excuses, man. You're in the top. You're in. You're in the top level of motorsport, the pinnacle of motorsport. Yes. And there's no <laughs> excuses. And you finally you got the resources. You build a good car. It's super fast. It's fast in practice, but it's not fast in the race, and it's not fast in qualifying. Yes. And then and and Stroll is just showing me what he showed showed every other race. He can't overtake. No, he can't. He sucks. Stroll <laughs> actually led practice two. He was third place in practice one. Practice three. Practice two doesn't. He, he was. Uh, yeah, I know, but I'm just saying. Who pushes he was in practice fast. two? Who pushes in practice two? I People do. that want to make a point. That's it. Stroll made a point. Oh, I'm still a little, a little fast, but everybody's like, okay, we're not pushing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I. Don't know what to say about this guy. He, we had, what was it? It was Grosjean in fifth, Sainz in sixth, Ricardo in seventh, and then I think it was either Norris or Stroll in eighth. And he just, dude, Stroll just could not get anything done. He was threatened a lot of the race by Esteban Ocon in a Renault. He's not even their top driver, and that car isn't that great. And uh, Ocon ended up passing him. I, I don't know what to say here. He actually would have been passed by Vettel, too, uh, Lance Stroll, if the race was another couple of laps longer. Yep. I, I just don't know what to say about this guy. Sucks. <laughs> I guess that's the right word, yeah. Anything else on Racing Point? Other than their, their crazy weekend, I hope that Dude. things are a little more sane next weekend. And I hope that we if get If they to don't get their act together, I'm going to be really pissed because now you're affecting my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> no, about, about the, their crazy weekend, Hulk was perfect for them. You know, he was available, but they were, it came out also, they were saying that. They can't even get the car on the grid, I know. bro. Yeah, but that's part of the reason I'm talking about with Hulk is because bringing, the bringing of Hulk was a lot of people surprised. But remember, he was with Force India for a lot of years, you know? And that, remember the, when they took this, this team to administration, it was to save the employees. Those employees are still there that work with Hulk. So he was a perfect fit to come in. I would have loved to see Hulk in this race so he could get more comfortable in the car. So next week he would have a better result, but he probably would have had a better result than Stroll even if he today. Yeah, yeah. Stroll sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we all know. You guys all know what we feel about Stroll. But uh, moving on, uh, next best finishing team, <laughs> McLaren. Um, they are continuing to show that they are. I hesitate. I really hesitate to say this now because. You know what? Let me take back everything I just said. But Carlos Sainz finished 13th after his tire blew up at the end. And Lando Norris 
finished fifth. We, where the heck is this car compared to Ferrari? They could not catch up to Leclerc. I told you guys what? last week that the McLaren is not faster than the Ferrari. I still think they are. You know, I'm, and I and I know the Ferrari is not good at all. So and I'm not even going to try to even play play up the Ferrari as a team because uh, not even their chairman is doing that. But <laughs> McLaren seems like they have a good chassis, but their engine is not up to par. Good arrow. Good arrow. And their engine is not up to par. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Their engine is not up to par. The Renault engine is horrible. So, and I asked this question to you guys while we were watching the race. If the Ferrari engine is down close to 100 horsepower, where the hell is that Renault engine? How bad is it? Well, and, and, and now we see why Red Bull was trying to run away from Renault. Well, you know, obviously, Ferrari's, and they've had like three years to get it fixed. Ferrari's down the horsepower, but Renault never had them. <laughs> no, well, that's what that's what I'm saying. But if if you're down by that much, then it's the engine. It's not the aero. You know, it's not the aerodynamics. Well, so, well, we still got to give them credit. They they've improved a lot. You know, they're missing the and engine. Considering that, and considering where they're coming from. You know, going back to McLaren. You know. Unfortunately, signs had that that the puncture at the end, which was obviously a problem for everybody. Uh, just trying to get to the end on 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 tires because the tire degradation seemed to be. It's always an issue in Silverstone. In yeah, Silverstone, we mentioned, we mentioned it in 2017. It, yeah, it's always an issue in Silverstone where people just have to nurse their tires at the end. Um, especially now that they have repaved it, maybe a, a two years back. Um, uh, where if it gets too hot, then the tire degradation is crazy. Um, because it literally burns the tires. Um, and obviously we'll talk about l- what happened with, uh, with Mercedes later, um, as we get to them, but, uh, considering they were up, McLaren did a good job, bar the puncture, they were going to finish in the, po- both cars were going to finish in the points and they've been consistent. I think they've been the most consistent team. Um, all, well, besides Mercedes. Uh, the most consistent uh, team besides Mercedes um, in the races where they're just consistently scoring points. Their two drivers are on top of their game. Norris has improved so much since last season. A ton. And Carlos Sainz continues his excellent driving. Um, They're going to be in for a good year. I think they're probably going to, you know, finish uh, best of the rest. rest. I don't, you know, um, if you're still counting as... uh, as Ferrari is one of the top three teams, I think the battle will be between Ferrari and McLaren. McLaren is currently third place with 51, I guess, constructor points. Um, so my only issue with what you just said is that I feel like their car is it's showing that it's, it's, a, it's an okay car. But what I think that they need, and it's what they're going to get next year, is a real dog of a driver, meaning like that he will attack is Daniel Ricardo. They need Norris and Signs are they're okay. They're good, right? But you need somebody that's going to really really push that car to its limit. And we saw Ricardo, it was Ricardo Norris Stroll and Signs 
almost all race fighting it out. And to us, and it's something that we talked about in the preview, is that that Renault does not even belong in that conversation the way that we're we're talking about right now. So they don't need a dog. They need a honey badger. <laughs> honey badger don't care. Yep. <laughs> honey badger going to overtake. <laughs> yeah. I think that's their problem. We saw they were five or six seconds behind. Well, Sainz was five or six seconds behind Leclerc and Norris was immediately behind them and they just couldn't close it up. Like we talked about Ferrari being down a hundred horsepower. I, I really feel that if it was a Ricardo, you would have seen that gap closed and challenging Leclerc for what ended up being a third place and a podium. Yeah. Ricardo is probably, I think, I don't, I don't think he's underrated, but I don't think people give him enough credit of how good he is. And if he gets in a, I'm excited to see him in a, with a, in a, in a with McLaren, with McLaren, with the Mercedes engine, if they can continue developing the arrow, because it's obviously pretty good that they're still, they're, they've been very consistent. If they can make improvements, it's going to be the same car. That's going to be fun to watch. And with him and Norris, if Norris continues improving, you know, uh, it, it's going to be something to watch for obviously next season. Um, but they're doing pretty well right now. I, again, they got unlucky with the puncture. Um, it is what it is. I think McLaren, from where they're coming from, they keep making, they jump in hurdles as far as the, the improvement they're making. Because before they were, remember, they were all the way in the back when they had a lunch. So, and now they're on the top of the midfield. So you're like, whoa, they are making an improvement. Both guys have shown that they're very good. When they get Ricardo, of course, they're going to be, Super hungry because Ricardo wants more. You know they're gonna make a lot of improvement, but we have to give credit to Science and Norris. Their Science, he's shown that he's good. What was it? He was like fifth before the punch or something. Like that. He was fourth. He was fourth. Fourth yeah. before the punch, and Norris was not far behind him. They I, stayed together throughout before his the whole puncher, race. He was what fourth, yes. what what they have done, and it's a template I think Ferrari will be following for the next few years. Is that they took themselves before when they had Alonso, it was like, oh no, we're gonna get better, we're gonna get better. They took themselves out of that pressure cooker. Exactly. They got two relatively young drivers, didn't put too much pressure on them, let them develop. They let their team develop without having all this pressure on them. And now you're seeing the first driving. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what John Elkin wants to do with Ferrari. Just take them out of the we're not gonna win. <laughs> We're not gonna win, so don't wait. Don't expect that. But but just know that we are rebuilding to be competitive in the future. So the only the only other thing for me was that the TV director again screwing us over. <laughs> At the end of the race, they, they Ricardo ended up overtaking Norris. They didn't really show it. Um, don't know what happened, but uh, Norris was in line after Sainz's puncture to get uh, that fifth that that fourth place, but Ricardo overtook him uh badger yeah moving on to the next team ferrari sebastian vettel 11th place charles leclerc third place so really the only thing here to talk about with sebastian vettel is that the car all weekend they must have like a gremlin or something he had issues with his intercooler starting from free practice one i think i was watching free practice two and then he had issues with the pedals that when do you hear a Formula One car having issues with it? When do you have a, a regular car having issues with the pedals? So it was just one of those weekends for him and for them that just 
whatever. Just forget about so, it. So, so we're just going to not talk about how great Charlie Claire was this I'm, weekend. I'm, I'm, I'm getting. Yes, yes. Go ahead. I, I, we're, talking your, about, we're talking about ro- better right now. Roll your eyes back, <laughs> yeah. like the Undertaker. Yeah. Doom. Yeah. The darkness is, is still. <laughs> The darkness is consuming you. So we will, let's get to Charlotte Claire, who took advantage of a lot of mishaps happening around him. It's what a great driver does. <laughs> yes, go ahead. What did he go, qualify? Go ahead. Let's, what let's, did he qualify? He qualified fourth. He had an awesome weekend. And he stayed fourth. And a car that's not very good, and we can all agree on that. Okay? World championship material right there. The guy put his head down after a few bad races and brought in the points for a team that is struggling like crazy, which is something that Vettel used to do, which is something that Hamilton does when a team is down, which is something any great driver does, is what Leclerc is doing. Go ahead. Keep rolling your eyes back. Vettel is just doomed. Keep it hating because nothing goes good for him. The there. darkness just consumed this. <laughs> <laughs> but Leclerc had a great weekend. Finishing in the podium and qualifying third in a car that does not happen to be there. He had a lonely race all week, but he kept the car in the race. But that that speaks to him. We had the two Mercedes out in front, then we had the Red Bull, and then we had Charles Leclerc out way in front of the pack. They never, McLaren never even really came close to him. So I will grudgingly give credit where it's due. Strong baby, yeah. Scholar yeah. Claire. Listen, that's the comment that I was I was saving it like towards the end of what we're doing. But this weekend, in that aspect, to me, sucked. It looked like everybody was just nurturing everything. Oh, I don't want to push. I don't want to go fast. Oh, the guys in the front, all the way over there. Okay, leave them alone. We don't want to get there. Uh, oh, do I need to pass Straw? Well, for what? Let me just nurse my tires. Oh, do I need to pass Grosjean? No. Come on. The, the only question that I have with Ferrari this is- weekend missed. Aggressive, from, you know, even though some were aggressive, but it needed more because there were a couple of cars that they did not belong there. I think the conditions, yeah, I think the conditions didn't bear, you know, bear that out too well, just because I think a lot of teams were managing their tires because of the heat and the wind, uh, also catching people out. Um, just with Ferrari, what I what I would like to know, and I guess obviously every race that we have, um, we will know more. But what I want to know if it's is the is the car getting better as far as not the not the engine obviously we know the the engine but as far as <laughs> aerodynamically are they progressing better where they can be in fourth and and grab an odd podium like Leclerc has done two races so far this year when something goes wrong ahead of him or is it Leclerc driving the wheels off the car we don't know that and I'm not even gonna come as much as I love Leclerc I'm not even going to to suggest that the only reason that Ferrari are doing good is just because of him. It's a team sport. So that is a question that we all should be looking uh, an answer, looking for an answer for going into the future. Is Ferrari, at the very least, getting better with their updates aerodynamically because we know the engine is nowhere and they can't do anything to the engine? Or is it Leclerc driving the wheels out of that car to make them better than what they are. A lot like what Max is doing this season with Red Bull. Leclerc had a good weekend. <laughs> Absolutely. But I agree with you, Nancy. We just don't know with them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we're just the nature of the season. I don't know if we're going to know where everybody stands, even at the end of the year. 
is what they were yeah, saying so with crazy. um is we're in ending of July. Hawk didn't have a, a contract last year. He only missed three races. Crazy. <laughs> so we're crazy. in July. That's, that's a good point. Wow. <laughs> so you could say, oh, but you know, he's been out for almost a year. He only missed three races. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a very good point. Speaking a, of the year we have him, man. Hulkenberg and his former team, Renault, the third best team on the day. Daniel yeah. Ricardo, fourth place finish, and Esteban Ocon, sixth place finish. Uh they qualified eighth and ninth, respectively, Ricardo and Ocon. I got I gotta say, all kidding aside, Ocon is showing me a year out. He's still kind of got it. He's still doing really well. He's taking opportunities as they come to him. He's not forcing anything. I, I'm impressed with the way that he's driving. Granted, he had signs and bought us that fell out, but he would have still finished in eighth place if they were still back in the equation. What do you guys think, Yancy? What do you think as far as the Renault car itself? I don't think it's very good. Um, obviously, we talked about the engine a little bit earlier, and, and and it doesn't have the power that it needs to not only defend itself when you're going into a corner and you have somebody following you, you don't have enough power to, to get ahead of that car that's right behind you, but you also don't have enough power to overtake, which I think was evident with... Daniel Ricardo when he was battling who was it that he was battling? Roman Roman Grosjean. Roman Grosjean and then we saw it and I, and granted I saw the it. racing point is much more powerful but we saw it with Ocon and Stroll right yeah right so the Renault engine is not very good their aerodynamics are not very good either it's not like again it's not a very good car I think I think it's a testament to how good their drivers are obviously Danny Rick is one of the best drivers in the in the grid and Ocon before he left I I he wasn't well, bad. Well, no, I mean, he didn't leave. He was forced to leave. But I thought it was a travesty that he was not on the grid for that one year because he really showed that he was improving and 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 showed that he was going to be at least a solid driver that d- deserves to be on the F1 grid. Um, so I'm glad for him that he's a, you know, it's, it's, it's always tough when you go against Danny Rick, but. He's showing that he does belong, and I think he's going to be improving considering that he was out for a year. You think that's tough, Danny Rick? Imagine next year next to Fernando Alonso. Oh, then now we're going to see. Where he destroyed Van Dorn. Yeah, well, now we're going to see what he's made of. And, and again, you, the, one, the first person that you have to beat when you're on a team it's is a your teammate. teammate. Yep. That's, the, that's the one person that you have to beat. And this is why... Alban is getting so much criticism because he's against Max. It's why Leclerc has been almost elevated in his status because he he beat Sebastian Vettel. It, you know, um, you have to beat your teammate, and and it's the same reason for uh, you see Gasly in Alfatari with with Kvia. Gasly came in and outright when he got back onto that team, was beating Kavia, even though Kavia was having a good season last season. And I think yeah. he, he wrecked uh, Brendan Hartley back then, too. Yeah. Back when they were both... Exactly. Uh, so you have to... Toro if it, Your first goal coming into any season is beating your teammate because you have equal machinery. Or quote-unquote equal machinery. Um, We'll see where Okan is. I think he's getting a good primer 
with uh, with um, Danny Rick because he's an excellent driver. We'll see what happens with Fernando Alonso. But also, Fernando Alonso has been out for two years. It's going to be out for what two years at this yes. point. I so. don't think I don't think Ocon is doing that bad when you're when his teammate right now. He's not that far from Rick. He was out for a year. I think with Fernando Alonso, he's going to have another challenge. Yeah, but he also is going to have a year back i think he's gonna do well man I, he will i i, I think i, he, I, I like him. him i like him as a driver I think and he wants gonna, to be in f1 so he's yeah. gonna be fighting for sure we saw a very patient daniel ricardo all race like we we talked about earlier with the whole grosjean thing that he just kind of waited for the tires to fall out uh underneath from underneath grosjean Ocon, it was not the same thing he was attacking stroll all race long got past him towards the end they just both did very well uh, for where that car is, as he as he described. Yeah. Um, second best team of the weekend, Red Bull, and and it's we know Max is the Max is the number three car and driver. It's just gonna whatever the the year we know that that's what's gonna happen, right? But um, just talent wise, it's it's clear he's much better than Boras, kind of in line with Lewis. And I think he's pretty close to he's Lewis. He's pretty man. close to Lewis. Yeah. yeah. And he's, all it takes is like today we almost had it where they could have just stolen a race, but it, it didn't end up playing out that way. Uh, Max had a very, it was such a lonely race for him that he was calling back to, to his pit wall, telling him, guys, make sure you drink water, stay hydrated. <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs> when, that was to wake you, him up. When you hear that? <laughs> Yeah, and like, um, there's really not much to talk about here with Max because it's just as Mercedes is dominant, Max is dominant behind them. I think you mentioned this a few weeks back, um, and I think that Max is going to have to. Um, well, we'll see how everything shakes out the next few years, but Max has really have really has to start asking himself this question is this the right team for me to bring me to a championship? Because it's clear that if he's in the right car, he's winning the championship. He is that good. I, that, that Red Bull car, just looking at the gap between him and Albon, you don't know the true pace of the car. It's somewhere in the middle. And if it's somewhere in the middle, then that car really doesn't belong in second place. And it also doesn't belong as far back as um Alban um Alban finished because I don't mm -hmm. think it's that bad. Um so Max really has to ask himself where is this team going and is it going to improve enough to put me in the position to win a championship because he is clearly he clearly is a world champion and he needs the hardware to prove it. Yeah, Max has shown that he could drive the wheels off the car like you like you always say Yanzi. Mm -hmm. And um I think that was part of the promises that were made to him to resign with Red Bull. Yes. Not to go anywhere else. That they were going to put him in a championship, you know, type mm -hmm. of car. I just hope that if he does move on, it, you know, the same fate that happened to Lewis when he left McLaren to go to Mercedes and look at what happened. Mm -hmm. I just, I would like for him to go to a team that's going to be pretty much on top and you're able just to, you know, you, they need somebody of, at his pace just to get it over the top. And I, I think Red Bull is that team. We've seen flashes of Red Bull being, you know, very good in calling strategy, 
especially when when things go haywire in the race and things don't go as expected they're very good at adjusting to it their pit crew's amazing the engineers are amazing what they did in in hungary uh to fix matt was it was it hungry and fix max's car yeah, yeah that was amazing i think the team is good so what are they missing they can't start off right bro they just can't start off right and also what the mission was the engine power engine they, power yeah they listen their engine power the their their engine is never really that good. It's not obviously, and there's no engine in F1 that's up to part of the Mercedes engine at this point. <laughs> uh, that's a wash. But they also suffer from starting bad off the blocks. They they eventually understand the car and make a very good car. And at the end, you can see they become very competitive. But just so starting off the blocks, that car is very tricky to drive. And I think that the only reason the only reason that they have that car up there fighting the Mercedes is because uh, Verstappen is that type of driver that can adapt to the car and drive the wheels off of it. They're missing something. They have to be missing something. They have to be they have to be missing something because like Nancy says, they start bad, which forces them to accelerate their development throughout the year to get to get, you know, to start matching some other people so they have to get a package from the get-go maybe maybe at the factory when they're off they think their package is up to par then it comes to start, the beginning of the year oh crap no we're not very few teams win when they start from behind and that's of in course. any sport and the last few years that's what red bull have done they started from behind what are the mission was it's tough to get your hands on it's what? yeah um it, it's tough to get my hand wrapped around it because number one max is doing so well on what we're saying a crappy card kind of stuff well so here's here's my thing and here's leading into albon's weekend that car is built towards max and it was something that was happening back in 2018 where max got the preferential treatment for the upgrades and now we see that it's a car tailor-made for this guy uh, Red Bull coming into the weekend, they admitted that the car for Alex Albon is just, it's not really balanced all that well. So is the true, is the true pace of that car somewhere between them? And they're just giving an advantageous car to Max to be able to try and compete and put themselves in that position that he's in? Or I, I, I don't know. Red Bull has all the money in the world. Like if we talk about Mercedes and Ferrari and their budget, it's Listen. the same thing with Red Bull. Listen, if all the issues that are happening with Albon's car were to be happening to Max, he'll be blowing up a gasket right now. They already did in 2017 and 2018. Exactly. Right. They or barely, we, he barely, I think at the big, uh, at the I think that whole season he what we we went over it we the other day. Yeah. It, was it, like, it was like seven, seven DNFs or eight DNFs or something, and like. And then 11 the, between the two cards in 2018. It yeah. was crazy. And then I think 2018, it was the Ricardo that was suffering from most of yes. the DNS. And I think that was the year that Ricardo decided to leave for Renault. Right. So they switched from the Renault to the Honda engine. And if you guys recall, last year's contract with Max Verstappen was if they were not, if he was not third in the, I think it was the driver standings after Belgium or during the break. Mm-hmm. He could nullify that contract. I think that was their clause, promising wow. him, "Hey, look, this is this car is going to be good. It's going to be reliable." Because a lot of their problems were in the reliability. So yes. moving from Renault to Honda, they they said, "Okay, I think we 
we we have this fixed and here is your car that won't break down as much allowing you to be competitive i think also um it'll be interesting to see going into next year how much they can improve the car because more or less the car is staying the same yes and we know that red bull i mean obviously starting off they're not very good but going forward and developing a car that's good they're 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 you know top of the line up there with mercedes so if the car's not changing next year and if honda it seems like honda i wouldn't say they're up to part of the mercedes engine but they can at least compete with the Mercedes engine going forward. Yeah. But again, we're talking about this season because Max is ready to win now. Yes. So, and he wants it. Yeah. Uh, Albon, we already talked about early in the race, the collision with uh, the collision with uh, what's his name? Uh, Kevin Magnuson. He had to pit. But after the safety car came in. So it really kind of screwed him up as far as uh, just his track position. So he was fighting from behind the whole time. Uh, he pitted again later on. He was the first to go on the hard. So they started to have degradation issues earlier in the race than everybody else on the hard. So he pitted onto mediums and that allowed him to really charge. He was like, he was a, a good maybe 10 seconds behind even the, the Latifi Williams car during the race at some point because he pitted pushed got back up to eighth past sebastian vettel past uh lance stroll um he needs to he needs to get over the jitters it's 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 (laughs) a couple of things right it's the jitters the car is imbalanced and then he he does not have the confidence in the team we we heard it what was it in austria guys why did you put me into traffic yeah uh, Hungary. After Hungary, they ended up. They switched his engineer uh, to uh, to have a little more experience on his side. He does not have the confidence in the team, and it, it's affecting the way he's driving. Yeah, but uh, here's why. Yeah, he's in the hot seat, but here's why I don't think he's Gasly level hot seat yet. You think Vettel's going in that hot seat? <laughs> no, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> Absolutely not. You are wrong, <laughs> Ruben, on this. They're not waiting for me. Or Vettel's not waiting for them. But. Um, we shall see. <laughs> <laughs> but what Albon has shown is that even if he's put in difficult positions, race day, he's still able, regardless. And today was like the beginning of that race for him was like a total <laughs> show. Um, you know, he. He obviously made the mistake, in my view, made the mistake of going for a gap that didn't um, didn't exist. Sure. You know, <laughs> and then he wound up, you know, pitting for better tires. And he, you know, he was I mean, we were watching a GPS GPS data and he he was back. He was back. Like he was way back. And to finish eighth at least finishing the points shows that he has the mental fortitude to fight back. But again, he has to get over his jitters. I think they're rookie mistakes, obviously. And I wouldn't call him a rookie, but it's a second year. And remember, it's only a second year in F1, his first full year with Red Bull. So you got to cut him a little bit of slack in that. I think he has shown that he is a little bit more aggressive than Gasly was. And I think he'll be better if I, they just changed um, his engineer to Simon Rennie. I think yeah. that's his name. And he's 
the he was the the race engineer for Danny Ricardo when he was on the team. So they brought him back. He was at the factory. They brought him back to the racetrack. I think that'll help him a lot because you have an experienced engineer. And we'll see where it goes. I, I think he still has it in him. I, I, I know Wellington doesn't like him. But it's not that I don't like him. It's just I am not, you know, when you compare convinced. him to Max. Yeah, I'm just not convinced. But but yeah. you can't compare him to Max, man. Max is, is different. How would we be talking about him if he did not, if he did not have the first crash with Hamilton last year? The second one this year, the crash with the uh, uh, the racing point this year. He almost he could have won that race this year too. He um we he would likely be fourth in the constructors. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry, in the drivers standing right now, he's sixth. Yeah, I I think that the the fact that he had that running with Hamilton, was it the first race? Yes, yes. He had that had running with Hamilton in the first race. I think that kind of started, you know, kind of tipped the dominoes and it's 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 been going totally downhill but considering that all of this stuff has happened to him and he's still able to pull out decent results compared to you know considering what happens to him during the race um obviously he's not up to pace to uh, up to pace with max but he has been able to salvage race and score points which is a lot more than what gasly was doing last season i think he just needs to close he just needs to do his own race as far as like just believe in yourself that you're going to do it good because you're a good driver. That's why you're there. Uh, I don't think that he should put, or we should, you know, put uh, his goal to be to beat Max. It's going to be almost impossible to beat Max. Is un, you know, Max is untouchable. Yeah. But his but goal as a should racing be driving that you. It's what you have to do. You have to be. Yeah, to his goal should be. Let me close the gap. Let yeah. me get closer, closer, and closer as I as I keep settling into my position within the team. Mm-hmm. Things are going to get better. You know, the team already started giving you tools to fix you, which you know, new race engineer with experience, mm-hmm. and that's going to help you settle down. And by settling down and not having a cloud over your head, because that's what he has right now, you know, being with the pressure, forced to perform, and all the other stuff, he will climb up. Right. I just hope Red Bull does not get desperate and signs better and get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> better not going to Red Bull. I'm staking my claim in this. <laughs> what you got was prove me wrong. Yeah. The okay, we're going to talk here about they didn't. We're going to talk here about Mercedes, right? And they dominated the weekend. Like they were so far out ahead. Like even on the GPS, even on the GPS, like the data, the map, they were. It was crazy how far out ahead they were. We saw Bodas pressuring Lewis Hamilton. He was he kept it within listen two you seconds. Call that pressure. Listen, come on. Mercedes Hamilton usually is out seven oh, eight yeah. seconds. Ahead. Mercedes today, it looked like he was. They were the only team racing because they were the only. Obviously, they have the pace above everybody else, yeah. Yeah. but they were the only ones that looked like they were in a race because they did not let off of each other. Yeah, meaning Bodas kept it close so Lewis couldn't come down. So I admittedly wasn't even paying attention to. The there's front. no point. No, no, nobody, yeah. nobody was. But it was because they were so far. Yo, they were so far ahead. Max was in third place, and it was like a quarter lap down. The Max was in third place by himself. So was it a mistake to keep it that close? Because that could have played into the tire wear. That's pretty much what I, what I was telling you earlier. Um, when we were watching the race, was would it have been a good call to tell both drivers, hey, stay in your position. We have to slow down. 
if we want to finish this race. Well, let's go over. Let's go over exactly what happened at the end. So, so here's what happened at yes. the end. I'm going to tell you exactly how. I'm going to play exactly how it went down. Boras's front left tire literally told him this. To whom it may concern. <laughs> the tire, talk about karma <laughs> yeah yeah so the <laughs> the tire pop was done unfortunately he was on the start finish straight so he had to do one they were very far ahead they had he had to do one full lap on three tires his tire didn't um get to the point where it started damaging the floor luckily but it allowed for Max Verstappen to overtake him. And I think by the time he reached the pit, Charles already passed him too. Yeah. So, And we're talking about two cars that were really far behind from them. Because they were up, up front. They could have pitted and still came out in the they right They were pit. about, I would say, anywhere from 25 to 30 So they both could have pitted and yeah. still be in front of Max with fresh tires. Yeah. But they didn't want to. They didn't. They, they didn't want to give up track position, which I understand. Because of what because, happened Because you don't know where Max's tires were. Max was saying that his tires were actually okay. Okay. So if your tires are degrading, and we know Max is fast enough to, to close a gap, no, that's what I'm saying. especially they, they when they, when, you know, when he, when he smells blood. They didn't want to risk, like what happened, I believe, in Hungary. That at the, towards the end, Lewis pits. But he actually came out of the pits super close to Max. Yeah. So I don't think that they wanted to run that again because the scenario could not help you. You know, it could play against you. Yeah. I, f- I feel like by lap 30, they were already talking about how their tires were yes. degrading and blistering. And it, they, sh- they well, even showed a shot on it. Botas's tire looked very bad. It, it, it was reminiscent. And then you mentioned it the last podcast was, res- was reminiscent. When you when you went into your darkness mode and mission yeah. Ferrari, yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> the darkness. Um, I mentioned Ferrari to just to spite me. I think it was. Well, oh, always. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was very reminiscent where the tires just blew out on both of the cars. Yes, and and I thought Ashley Lewis was going to hold out, and Lewis got lucky, man. Lewis got lucky. If if, if it was one more lap left. Verstappen would have caught up to him and would have taken that win from him. Oh, if it was one more lap left, he would have had to pit because he would not finish the race. <laughs> yeah, but uh, and, and it's unfortunate for Botas because he drove well, obviously. Um, and he Mercedes. again, the gap was only what like uh, around two, two, three seconds from from Lewis, which shows you how good Lewis is. Mercedes one two was lost by the team. Uh, the one two today. That they would, yeah, for sure to have the team lost. I guess so. I mean, they should have pitted even if it was. No, it was a free pit, man. I, you know, I don't think it's so. I don't think it's. It was so clear. I think that you know, you're getting to the end of the race. Remember, all of this stuff happened in the last lap. Yeah, Bodas had laps, what yeah. ten seconds on Verstappen. You can't pit yeah, him. Yeah, man. That well, close Bodas happened in lap fifty, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, around there. Yeah, actually, and then, but, but, like I said, we were talking about how Verstappen should be pushing because. Their, the Mercedes tires were done. Yeah, they didn't have they didn't have room to. Actually, yeah, they both didn't have room because if Bottas was ten seconds ahead, Hamilton was 12, 13 seconds ahead of Verstappen. Yeah. So they neither of them could pit no, ahead were, of Max. No, what I'm saying is that they were no, no, they were. I think they were further ahead, but it, it just you just run the risk. No, he said at the end. They, yeah, at the, Max and Lewis finished like about. 
couple of seconds. They finished like five seconds. But they were ahead by over 25 seconds. Yeah, it was over, before the before the It was it was almost like 30 seconds, but the problem it was almost yeah, it was like 25 seconds, but you it was too close of a gap for you to pit for you to pit and then come out on top. Um even if you and then you're going to be on it's going to be fresh tires but the tires are cold. It was too much of it was it, it, it was you're going to need another lap which you just didn't have to get those tires up to temperature. I don't I don't think, think, I, don't think they, I don't think they had that. Yeah, they had. They, I, no, I don't we'll check, but I don't I don't know. Because yeah. we were talking about how Max was 10 seconds down. And if he had pitted, it would have been 30 seconds and he wouldn't have had time to make up with the tires. Yeah, but I but that's the whole thing. It was we were talking about them pitting maybe like five like, laps before yeah. the end. So And then they built out more of a lead? I don't think so. No, they didn't build out more of a lead. They held the lead. But if Max but what we're saying is that if Max, I mean if if Hamilton or even Botas were to pit for new tires. It would it would be too it would be too close for gap. them too close of a gap for them to to bank on that win and they had track position they had that they had that one two in hand and this is why they race this is why you have to watch the races even if they're boring because this race was boring <laughs> but at the end it got great because all of this stuff happens because things just go wrong yeah so you know and then you know Botas drops all the way back. Lewis Hamilton got lucky that his tire went, I think it was halfway through the lap, which yeah. is still a long way from the start yeah. finish sign, uh, start finish line. Um, he got lucky, but he did win the race with unmerit. I mean, he should have won that race. Um, but this is why they race, because yes. things can go wrong. Mechanically, things can go wrong. Things with the tires can go wrong. Uh, strategically, in a pit stop, something can go wrong. This is why you must watch the entire race, because at the end, things get good. And this is what happened with this race. That race was saved by those tire punctures. Uh, <laughs> it was very interesting to see what happened at the end. And the reaction from it. Yeah, and the reaction was, you know, was adjusted. awesome. Yeah. Uh, but I, again, I don't think that, I, I think Mercedes did the right thing. Hindsight is always twenty twenty. You know, you see the media coverage, you see the articles right after saying, oh, did Red Bull lose... Um, the Max the race and you no. see the Nico Rosberg with the with the, with fire, the fire in the background. <laughs> yeah, oh, is Bottas' his career over? Yeah, no, that, no man. How, you would we? I think we all would have made that call. Yeah, stay out. It's only a lap left or two laps left. We've been nursing these tires. Let's get it to the end. Obviously, it didn't work out for them, uh, but they still got the race win. Mercedes yeah. car won. So can't wait for next week. Look, Me the too. Only thing, the only but thing I don't want to see Mercedes win again. Well, don't watch the race. Though. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing that really maybe their tires blow out was they're going to use softer tires for next race. It's now uh, Lewis Hamilton has now or will now just run away with the whole thing. Um, Bottas would have scored the 18 points to Lewis Hamilton's 25. Hamilton, I believe, is now up. Hold on, let me bring that up. Hamilton is now up 30 points, and 25 of that came today. So. It just kind of robbed us of a potential. Oh, is, is Bottas going to be able to challenge for the for the title? Now it's uh, it's looking really ugly. Well, if Hamilton has a DNF for any reason, and Bottas wins the race, when was the, when was the last time Hamilton even had a DNF? Yes, I can't even. Remember. I can't even remember the collision with Rosberg. We no, can no, listen, it was after that. After that, no, I'm just saying like, something. We can always hope. Yeah, I mean, we can to at least make it competitive. I'm not rooting against Hamilton, but. I want to see somebody else win. <laughs> Any other thoughts on the race, Ruben? 
no, it's just that. I think for next weekend will be super interesting because we're coming now with three different compounds that they're bringing. Or they're like bringing in softer compounds. Softer so compounds. instead of being a one-stop race, which one, this was, if it went without all the safety cars, would have been a one-stop race. Um, I think with the softer compounds, you're guaranteeing a two-stop race, which makes the strategy a little bit more interesting. And we'll see how long the tires last and we'll see how the temperatures are. And hoping that because they're going to be softer compound, they're going to have more grip and we could have a little more competition. So what we're seeing is, just to clarify, that the, the mediums and the hards this week are going to be the softs and the mediums next week. Is that accurate? Or am I saying it reverse? Yeah, reverse. I'm saying it reverse. Yeah. No, you're the saying soft reverse, yeah. and the medium this week will be the medium and the hard next week. Yes. And they'll bring in, I don't know, like a purple tire for next well what well, used to be a purple yeah, tire yeah, yeah. yeah. Hypers- well they're just Hypersoft. they're just bringing a step down softer what happens and for those that are new to f1 when you have a softer tire the softer tire tends to be to give you more grip but it degrades faster yes so you can get temperature faster in the uh, on uh, so you can get better grip on the track but it won't last as long as a medium or even a hard tire. Now, the harder tire, uh, it takes longer for you to warm them up, and you'll get a sweet spot, uh, but uh, and but it'll also won't give you the same amount of grip as a softer tire, and it won't degrade as fast, but you won't be as fast. So it's a trade-off between those two. Am I correct in what I said? Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think and, we, and the grip translates to lap time. Exactly. The I more think, grip you have through the corners, the faster you can get through them. I think in an earlier episode, we, we went into more details about regarding the tires uh, that we did. Possible. That we, we could put that in the show notes so you can so see it. Yeah. Anything else, guys, for this race? No. I'm looking forward to the next race because of the... The Hulkenberg situation. Yeah. It's a the lot Hulkenberg of things. situation, the softer tires, which will be... It'll be a little bit of a different story than we got um, this, uh, I hope it this race. Ooh. Ooh. And it's very possible <laughs> at Silverstone. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's very possible that Silverstone. I'm just hoping that we can get a different result, just like we did in um, in Austria. That the 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 story of the race will be different than what happened from the first race. It won't be okay. a carbon copy, and I think they guaranteed that with the softer tires. Mm-hmm. And I would see how I want to see how the teams manage the softer tires if it doesn't rain uh, with the hotter temperatures. And, and maybe we'll get some tire blowups or something to make things interesting. Listen, I'm just glad we're racing, you know, because of the times that we're going through. Yeah. Races are happening. They're, There's something to look They're overcoming to. the objectives that happen. They're mm-hmm. happening, you know, with people getting uh, tested positive and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And still having races going on and making them, even though the middle of this race was super boring, but races are happening. It's telling us to watch all the way to the end yes. because of things that are happening. Yes. And I'm glad I'm glad we're part of it. Yeah, I mean we we uh, Wellington was saying while we were watching the race that this has to be the most boring race so far this year. <laughs> and I don't think it is the most boring race so far this year just because of what happened to the end. So the end can save it. The so end, keep watching. The end definitely woke us up. <laughs> yes. Just keep watching, man. You never know what twist will come. So on that note, we'll sign off, but I just want to make sure that you guys are aware we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, YouTube. I feel like I'm missing one, but um, follow us on Instagram at Jump to Start Racing. Follow us on Twitter 
JTSR podcast at JTSR podcast and just visit our website www.jumptostartracing.com. Also, email us jumptostartracing at gmail.com. We're looking forward to hearing from you guys. Absolutely. Listen, we're everywhere. Yes. So you can't say you can't find us. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And on that note, we'll talk to you guys next week or later in the week. See you later. Peace. Bye.